It was a blink, it was a second, nostalgia's kicking in. It was tiresome, the pavement, the scent of tan skin. I'm lost in the dream, reality is thin. Unsure where the road ends and I begin. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Time is Right podcast. My name is Scott Smith. I'm your host. And today we have a very special episode. We are going back in time to October 25th, 2022. And we have a really, really special conversation ahead with two amazing people that are one's a first time guest and another is a uh, many time guest here on Time is Right. Uh, Emily, welcome back to the room. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's always good to have you. Emily Phillips is here. She uh, is on staff with us with Ripe Creatives, and she's in the room because the date we're talking about is a creatives gallery. Shout out to the first episode with Margarita. It was amazing. And this is uh, episode number two on the gallery front. And so we had to have the artist that we featured on the second creatives gallery. And so we have Miss Rosie. How you doing, Rosie? I'm doing great. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to have you. Um, you obviously already know who Emily is, uh, but Rosie, can you just introduce yourself, um, kind of share a little bit about who you are, where you're from, how old you are, just kidding, um, you know, what you do, all that kind of stuff, and then how you got connected to Ripe and the Creators Gallery stuff. Hey guys, um, so I'm Rosie, people call me Rosie, but my full name is Rosling Rodriguez. Um I'm a multidisciplinary artist, but my main focus is paint, oil paint, and acrylic paint. Yeah, I I do a lot of different types of paintings, a lot of portraiture um, through creatives. Uh, more recently, I've been doing a lot of prophetic painting, but um, I'm just an all-around artist. I got in touch with Creatives Philly in a really unique way. I met Scott at this event called Headwater House in, I believe, October or November of 2021. Yes. And uh, basically, it was an event where people would create. Based- it had to be October. I think it was because it was definitely. Yeah. The gallery was. Yeah, because it was the March. last Friday. And then the the creatives event was that first like Tuesday. Tuesday, November 2nd or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So. I had created a watercolor painting super fast in like 15 minutes and it was super fun. And then I, somebody came up to me and then all of a sudden Scott's in front of me. He's like, you did that? I was like, yeah. And then numbers, I met Darlene and Scott. You guys both put your numbers in my phone. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I'm at this event painting in front of so many people i don't know and listening to wonderful voices and yeah yeah it was pretty cool yeah i remember i saw before meeting you i saw what you made Mm -hmm. and i was like holy crap this is really good like this is fantastic who made this and i it might have been devin or somebody else like i was like yo find me who made this and they're like, oh, I think I remember who it was. Let me go find her. And then they brought you to me or me to you or whatever it was. And I was like, hey, you're fantastic. Uh, we throw these creatives events that are like open mics. And sometimes we have live painters at them. 
would you be interested in live painting? And you were like, uh, yeah, maybe <laughs> I've never done that, but that sounds cool. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's do it or let's talk about it. And I think I, did you guys connect that same night? We can, we connected at the open mic. At the open yeah. mic. Okay. I, I don't know if I was at that. One. I have no idea. I don't think I was. At the open mic? Or no, at, at the head. At yeah. You might've missed that headwater. You were at the open mic cause you performed on it. Yeah. Yeah. With Rashid and Liv. Yep. Ever so formally known as Ripe Worship Trio. Well, formally known as Liv Emily and Rashid. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Liv Emily and And then also known as Ripe Worship. <laughs> right. For like two gigs. Yeah. There's a whole story there about the Canada trip. But yeah, so you guys met that night. Mm-hmm. And then do you feel like in ways that was around the time where your heart was starting to churn for visual artists for the galleries in general well that was after our conversation about the galleries and after like i think it was after our first conversation with marguerite where things are kind of like starting to move and i met rosie and just like wanted to plant the seed of like hey Mm -hmm. this is something i think we're gonna start doing so stick around and I kind of like makeshift set her up with like a music stand to paint on because we didn't have an easel <laughs> yeah. yet. With tape. Like, yeah, with tape. Yeah, I, like really. I, my my palette was a cardboard box, like <laughs> flap. Yep. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot this. We were ill prepared. But first time for everything. Absolutely, and you killed it. And you painted something that you had previously planned. No, this painted- was. So I was trying to go about it in the same sense of a prophetic painting where it's like nothing planned and just whatever comes out on the painting is what comes out and this is the first time i had done that in like five years wow so yeah and i i I was getting so easily distracted because every act was just so interesting and i hadn't gone to an open mic in so long because of covid but i literally changed the painting like five different times and it wasn't until Really, your guys' set, it was like almost, I think it was the last set, or close to it. Yeah, I think Aaron, we looked we looked at this actually the other day. Aaron was the closer, and you guys were like the middle incognito yeah, feature, but yeah. it was probably like two-thirds of the way through. That's when I had stuck to my idea and started recording you guys <laughs> singing. And I like literally knew nobody in that room, and now I know all of them. <laughs> so well but yeah, that's that's crazy that it was that quick of a turnaround from that first conversation at headwater mm-hmm. to you coming and painting and then you came back mm-hmm. so we didn't do another open mic from november until january mm-hmm. because then we had the concerts for say so and joy ike and then we did a january and i think you painted in january I... or maybe you didn't because it was uh that was like the peak covid yeah i think i think the I, next time I painted was either before or right after the gallery. I think right April. after the gallery. Yeah, right after Marguerite's yeah. gallery. Mm-hmm. It's funny because that first painting that you did mm-hmm. hung in my house for the longest time because <laughs> my roommate bought it. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. it was like in my living room, a part of my like very purposefully chosen out decor mm-hmm. for like two years. Shout out to Mariella. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I literally like... Because I didn't know anyone, I didn't know how everyone is connected. So when you were like, "This is Emily," I was like, "Oh, hey, person!" <laughs> like, I didn't realize like, "Oh, she's with Scott," and then, "Oh, that's her roommate." Oh, okay, like these the dots are connecting, but yeah, 
So. I remember, yeah, I remember that really cool moment at the end whenever we auctioned it off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was kind of always a heart was like creatives has always been something that we want to leverage to benefit artists, right? Mm-hmm. When we did the virtual open mics back in 2020, we did like six, $7,000 worth of giveaways to artists, um, you know, paying features, splitting the door with features. Um, it's always been a platform that we've wanted you know, how can we leverage our platform to bless artists, uh, not just with opportunities, but when possible with resources. And so, you know, something I've seen other spaces do is like auction off paintings at the end of the night. And it was just cool because your painting was so beautiful that people like bid on it and we're outbidding each other mm-hmm. and like fighting over it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to walk away with a couple couple bucks that night. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like a really cool God knitting together the story early. Yeah. Because I'm sure in your eyes, it was like, who are these people? How did I just walk away with, you know, money? Like, this is kind of weird. Who are these human beings? And then you start to meet everybody individually along the way, which I think is, is always a part of the story is just the relationships that, that blossom out of the space. So yeah, I remember coming into 2022, Emily and I are starting to, uh, talk about the the Marguerite Gallery, um, which happened in March. If you haven't listened to that, to that episode, please go back and listen to it. It's one of my favorite episodes <laughs> on episode. all of uh, Time is Right. It's like such a great episode, great conversation with Marguerite, who's amazing. Um, but even before Marguerite's Gallery, Emily was already talking about you, Rosie, mm. as if we do this again, which I think we are, I really want Rosie to be the next one. So it seems like your relationship started to blossom after November relatively quick, quickly. Is that true or no? Well, Not really. <laughs> then we, why did you want to have Rosie that early? Because she had been there like painting painted. with us. And yeah. it just like in my mind, it made sense. It was like, oh, this person is coming to our events and serving. And like, I want to showcase them. I think it makes so much sense to have the next one. If we do a next one, be Rosie because she's here and present and really gifted. I don't think our friendship, no, I know our friendship didn't really take off mm-hmm. until this past year. Like, Yeah, I think the the gallery really started something. Rose, and, uh, Marguerite's gallery mm-hmm. in yeah, March. Yeah, like once, once we were like, okay, now, once that finished, like, okay, now we have to start planning and dreaming about... Uh, what's going to happen here and i had kind of a serious idea together but it was really the pulling off of the 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 second gallery like that crunch time <laughs> i was like emily i'm calling you every day <laughs> but i think the gallery really brought us together and, and fortified yeah what was okay starting. so when March was Marguerite's gallery. You guys mm-hmm. start to get more connected. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I know for sure Emily was already talking about you <laughs> as like a hopeful person to have for mm-hmm. a future gallery. Mm-hmm. March was amazing. As I said, check out that episode. April, you come back and paint. Was April the first one that you did the portrait thing? I think so, because that was Greg, right? April was Greg. Okay. I, re- I remember by my outfit. <laughs> so it was our events are always on Tuesday nights, right? And I remember it was like the week before the event, mm-hmm. you called me and said, Hey, I kind of have this weird idea, or if you're cool with it, I want to paint 
a person like Renaissance style in the space. And I appreciate your heart. You're always like asking permission for things that you don't need to ask permission <laughs> for. But I appreciate like your level of communication. And you were kind of saying like, is that okay that I don't do, you know, something that's being auctioned off at mm -hmm. the end of the night? Like I would want to do this and just give it to a person. And I was like, you can do whatever you want. That sounds amazing. And I didn't even know it was like a part of a collection kind of thing or a mm -hmm. dream that you had for a collection. Um, but that first one was Greg in April at an open mic. He performs. He has this catchphrase, free the poets, <laughs> that he yells all the time and chants. And uh, Jared's actually pulling up the picture right now as we're sitting here. <laughs> and um, she paints Greg so well and then has free the poets on the actual painting. And I remember the moment at that open mic where we, you know, kind of you hide it because he doesn't get to see it the whole time. He's like facing you as you're painting him. And we did like a drum roll and we're like, three, two, one. And then you flip around the painting and his face and reaction was just gold. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. It was the immediate, free the poets. I was like, Yes, this is what and I they started a free the poets chant right there. <laughs> so yeah, free the poets, yeah. And it was, and it, he actually. I mean, I wish I, if I didn't talk to him all the time, I could go find the text message um, from him. But he like sent me a really long message uh, later that night about how important that piece was to him, mm. um, and the way that you viewed him is not even a lot of times the way that he views himself. And how that was like really, really raw for him and like super encouraging. And it was just like, okay, this is a God thing. Like mm -hmm. this painting portraits of people at the event. Um, and I think it was like a raffle, right? Yeah. That was your idea? Yeah. Raffle at the door. As soon as people were coming in, we were like, hey, there's an artist here who's going to do a portrait. If you want to be a part of it, put it your name in here and we'll raffle it off. Before the event starts. Yep. So Greg got on the open mic and won the raffle. Yep. Uh, he has the greatest luck <laughs> out of anybody at Creatives. I think he gets pulled every single time he puts his name in the basket. Oh, yeah. It's pretty remarkable. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that being the first one. Then in June, I think you did it again. Yeah. And maybe in I August, mean, did yeah. it again. And so you start to, you know, formulate that this is something you're doing. And you're talking about these portraits being a... When was, like, you knew you wanted to do a collection of them? Yeah. Like, how did that even start, the portrait thing? I think it was right around April when that when that idea came about and I communicated that with you. And I we did it and it was successful. Like, as soon... Greg posted on Instagram and in his caption, he shared, like, what he kind of shared with you, how... Um, he really needed it and how it like it just spoke to him in a way that any other portrait wouldn't um and i had already had an idea of a series because i had this portrait of myself um that i wanted to not be a standalone piece and i wanted it to be people that i knew people that were god-centered and god-led but I just didn't have a community of people to do that with for a very long time until all like the creatives and Headwater and just 
creative community here in Philadelphia um, opened up that space with that people, with those people. But yeah, they kind of merged into one. It felt like I was preparing myself and practicing and training every time I did a portrait. And it was every time it was somebody I hadn't absolutely like barely talked to, maybe seen once. Like it was Greg, Jake, and um, Kai. 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 Yeah. Yep. So it's so funny because that that creatives where she painted Kai, I came up to her and I was like, Rosie, I already found who I want yeah. to win this for you to paint because I think he'd be super interesting for you to like to paint. He just has like amazing features and I think that he should be the one who gets pulled. And we went down and Rosie and, pulled the name out and, and said Kai. Kai. And then he stood up and I was like, No way! <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> The way stuff works out like that at our (laughs) events is so crazy sometimes. We're just like, man, God's hand is like all over even the littlest of details. Mm -hmm. Like who gets selected for something, Mm -hmm. who wins something, yeah, who gets in in what order do the even performers go? Yeah, how they all build into each other, and um, you just kind of always see themes and whatnot. Um, But that was that one was in September. By that point the decision had already been made for you to do the gallery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. We had already picked the date for October 25th. So we had a big change and a big challenge in leading up to your gallery in October because we had a venue change. Um, High Point, our home for the last five years of creatives, the last three and a half years of ripe creatives. Um, High Point was our base. It was the place that we used really regularly throughout you know, all these years that we've been doing Creatives Philly events and even ripe recordings and other things that we've done there. Um, that was home. And we found out, I think it was late September, early October, that they would be closing their doors on October 31st. And your gallery was planned for October 25th. And they were like still kind of, hey, you could possibly still do it here. But you, we have to be out by the 31st. And we just felt like that was wrong mm-hmm. to make them wait to tear everything out of there for 25 days when they knew they needed to be out by the end of the month just for our event. Like that just didn't feel fair to them. And so we said, you know, no, like start tearing out, get out of there. You know, we don't want to be um, holding you up in your transition to your next home. Uh, we got to find a new building. And we had already been talking to Story Factory about the open mic starting in November. And I just kind of basically slipped into the conversation (laughs) like, hey, uh, I know we're talking about November to December of next year, like a 13-month contract. Um, Is there any way we could do October 25th here? And ironically, you had told Emily that you wanted a factory space kind of, right? Like warehousey space. You mentioned different venues to me. And one of them was, I think one of them was Story Factory. I think another one was um, in South Philly. There was just like three venues. Some of them didn't work out. But whenever you guys would talk about Story Factory, I loved the openness of the space and how you guys would describe it. Okay. but So that's what it was. I didn't know if it was like. It was just out of the options. It was the one that was most attractive to you. Mm -hmm. I just remember that. It was like, I actually would love that Mm -hmm. kind of space. Or Emily telling me that, you know, Rosie would be really excited about Story Factory if we can make it work. Um, 
I think, you know, a last-ditch effort might have been even talking to City Reach or church. Mm-hmm. You know, if we would have needed to, like, figure something out on the fly, that probably would have been our next call. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, Ashley and Elijah at Story Factory were like, absolutely, come do the gallery. Oh, you need it two nights in a row because you need to set up the day before. <laughs> Still okay. Like, mm-hmm. tell us what time you need to be in, what time you need to be out. And it's yours. Like, we want to make this happen for you guys. And I think it was just like a perfect situation in the sense of, you know, on the fly, figuring out a new home. And for us to be able to do it in the space that is now our new home long term mm-hmm. uh, for Creatives Philly. I think it was, it was great that the first event um, was your gallery there. I think it was really, really special. So let's just talk about the preparation leading up to we hang... <laughs> October 24th. That's the Monday night before the gallery on the 25th. Yes. I remember Emily being stressed <laughs> in the, uh, you know, what, five, six weeks before the gallery. It seemed like it was a little crazy because you guys yeah. had crazy ideas. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Tell, so many. Talk about everything. Yeah. So the, the trick to all of these paintings and why they took so long is that all 14 portraits were done in person with the person sitting right in front of me. And during a three-hour duration, I was interviewing the person with the same three questions, which were, who are you? How do you feel God is using you? And how do you want to encourage others? And these, like, sometimes hour-long voice memos had to be chopped up so that they made sense. <laughs> and then somehow we, I and we um, wanted them to audibly be heard as these um, art connoisseurs and appreciators were coming up to see the portraits. So we had to somehow figure out how people could listen to the interviews at the gallery at the same time that they're looking at the pieces themselves creative right <laughs> Jeez, oh man. it was a process of trying to figure out what is the best way to do this and we went through so many different ideas mm-hmm. and then in the final hour it was like okay qr codes qr codes is the way to do it yeah. and we're going to tell people to bring headphones and we're going to provide headphones um but that was that was what did it. And then we sent some of the clips, like shorter clips, probably 10 seconds, 15 seconds of each interview to Ant, DJ Ant, to play over the loudspeakers like throughout the night. So it would be like a song and then like a 10 minute or a 10 second clip of someone speaking about a part of their interview and then back into music just to give people like little tastes of like scan the QR code and you can hear the whole thing. This is who each person is. Um, and so that was super special and very unique, very stressful to try to pull together. <laughs> um, so that was like, super that was just unique, one aspect sure. of the stress that came with mm-hmm. a different location just because we couldn't hang on the walls. And that was yeah. like the saving grace of high point is we were allowed to, um, but since we couldn't hang on the walls, we had to figure out different ways to hang. Mm-hmm. And Rosie's paintings were all on like l- unstretched linen. Yes. Canvas. Unstretched so linen. there's no usually on canvas, you know, it's stretched. There's wood. There's something that it, as long as you have something that 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 can carry the weight of the wood planks, 
then you're fine. But with unstretched canvas, and especially some of them were, were still wet, because I was like, <laughs> I was doing paintings. I was like breathing like safflower oil for like weeks at a time. But some of those paintings were still wet, so it was so important that they couldn't touch anything. Uh, so you just needed to hang them. And although we couldn't hang anything on the walls, even if we did, we, we would have had to like just put some nails through linen and kind of potentially ruin the material but yeah and as a, a frame of reference how long does it take oil paintings to dry so you can't varnish them until after six months of them drying <laughs> um i did a painting the night before <laughs> um <laughs> our hanging day so yeah some of them were pretty fresh but like, they might be dry to touch, but it's really dangerous if something rubs against it, whatever. So even, like, even something as simple as, like, bringing them from my house to... To the story factory. To yeah. the story factory. It was, like, a multiple car thing. We had, like, other Shout painting. out to Joe. Shout out to Joe's car. Um, <laughs> Joe's car was, like, a... <laughs> we had... Catalog of paintings. <laughs> yeah. Paintings in the backseat, paintings in the trunks. Um, my bro, my cousin had to bring in like a four feet by five feet painting that we were just putting on display. That wasn't even a part of the series, but there's, so the whole hanging process was tough and we ran around the, Mm. the 72 hours leading up to it, running everywhere to try to find the pieces, like the last final pieces that we needed to be able to hang up stuff. Shout out my Because it was... Yeah. Like brutal to find. But once we did, it like it worked out well. Yeah. My fingers were bleeding by the end of mm, yeah. cutting all of these, <laughs> twisting all of these wires to get things to <laughs> clip on and hang and all that stuff, but it was worth it because I think they were so perfectly displayed and spaced out and everything. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think going back to even Marguerite's gallery, there was a lot of troubleshooting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in that episode, how we, you know, had this plan to do these lights mm-hmm. hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, that doesn't work. Okay, hanging from uh, the pipe and drape. Oh, crap. The pipe and drape is annoying and it doesn't look right blocking the view of the paintings on the walls. So let's do them on the floor. And by the end of Marguerite's gallery, we felt like, okay, now we know how to do the next one. <laughs> Yeah, and then we come so into really Rosie <laughs> in a totally new space with yeah. a totally different list of expectations, rules, which makes sense, by mm-hmm, the way, mm-hmm. um, to not put holes in your walls that are brand new. You know, mm-hmm. it's a brand new venue and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we had to find alternative ways to do things. Yeah, and so we actually used the pipe and drape stuff to be almost like a stable, pl- like. That's what we hung off. That was of. our little mm-hmm. foundation. It was our foundation yeah. to hang the wiring for the canvases mm-hmm. off of the pipe and drape poles on one side of the room, and then we invested in some easels for a lot of the other paintings that weren't a part of the portrait reflective series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was troubleshooting. Uh, the night of setup, uh, I thought Doc was going to kill you guys. Because we were there from like a certain time to so a certain long. time. I think it was like six to nine was what we had. We were out by nine. Listen, but six to eight, you guys had accomplished nothing. <laughs> it's kind of true. Eight to nine was like. We were listening to Michael Jackson. 
Listen, <laughs> I was trying you to figure trying, out how to, to do all out. of this stuff. Yes, you were. I was not listening to Michael Jackson. My but I'm saying from um. six to eight, <laughs> from six to eight, very little got accomplished other than figuring out what didn't work. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was true. And then eight to we nine in one hour, it was like, go, go, go. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you got 18 minutes. 14 minutes. Yeah. Eight minutes. We and got we, it done. We, we also didn't know if we were going to use the curtains or not. The the actual drape part of the piping Well, you drape. wanted to use the drape part, but you can't have the drape mm-hmm. and still hang. Mm-hmm. It looked better without it anyway. Yeah. But There's a lot of figuring out. It's, it's really funny because after... Like, after Marguerite's, I was like, oh, this is so, like, doable. I know exactly what to do next time. And then after <laughs> Rosie's, I was like... I think this is going to be every time. Yeah. I think it's going to be every time that the artist is like, because even if we were able to hang on the wall, it, there were all these other things mm-hmm. that were so different than Marguerite's gallery that like, I just think it's going to vary. Every single artist is going to require something different, which is exciting because it's going to be a different experience every time someone comes to a gallery. Mm. When they came to Marguerite's compared to when they came to Rosie's, like they're different. And the next person and the next person after that, like all of these are going to be different experiences completely. Yes. Mm. Um, and so I think that's an exciting part of Creatives Galleries because it's so like it lends itself to be so diverse in what it depicts for the night, which is yeah. really yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and obviously the physical space was so different. Yeah. I mean, High Point has very low ceilings, comparatively. It's dark, so you have to manufacture lighting mm-hmm. on the paintings themselves because lighting, as Emily yells at me all the time, is the most important thing for the galleries <laughs> is the lighting, Scott. Yes. And nothing else matters but the lighting. Yeah. So, you know, um, but... Story Factor is the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculously high ceilings, warehouse vibes, great, very bright mm-hmm. overhead lighting. Like the lighting in the space is, you know, really, really bright. Mm. Um, so not as much of a need for like putting lights on uh, the pieces, but it's also a much bigger space, mm-hmm. probably four times the size of High Point, I would say, yeah. in terms of the square footage in that room. And so you had just as many paintings if not more than even marguerite did or about the same number and but you were filling such a bigger space Mm -hmm. and i think what you guys did was super creative where you said okay we're going to make half of this room this reflective series but then we're going to do this other half of the space is going to be where your prints are and your table is and where some of the vendors are and where other paintings that weren't a part of the series would also be on display um, and for sale, for purchase, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think I just thought it was really, really cool. What ended up being the final product in the room was great, even though it was like the final hour <laughs> yeah. that we actually figured everything out. Yeah, there were many different sketches that had been made of what this room was going to look like. Because the most fun part of it all is I had never set foot in that room before <laughs> that Monday setup day. Yeah. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> Yeah. yeah Emily so, had a busy fall. So it was it was wild, but everything worked out so well. Right. Um and the whole space came together really well. And the day of was just like it was Bl- perfect. Bliss. The day of was was perfect. That's for sure. Yeah, so let's let's move in that direction. Let's talk about the day of. Mm. Um you got your fourteen, fifteen portraits on the right hand side. 
Um, you got a bunch of other paintings on the other side. You have your Prince table. DJ Angie's there. Jared is there, but dead. Uh, he was sick. <laughs> I don't think he had COVID, but he was sick with something. And normally Jared would be on this episode because he's a huge part of these galleries, but that one he was not because <laughs> he was lucky to even be able to make it there. Um, but who else was like on the team, you know? So, so, um, this is a little remix. So basically, Emily, overseer of all, <laughs> she was uh, our Lord Commander. Um, I was under Emily. <laughs> Uh, we had Ralph doing. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> we had Ralph doing video. We had Joe doing video. We had Santos, our main man on photography. Shout out Santos. Santos, uh, love his bald head. <laughs> um, we can cut that out. <laughs> love his what? Bald head. He's, He's bald. bald. He's bald. Shiny <laughs> <laughs> <Johnny>, man. <laughs> we can cut that out. <laughs> um, um so and then at the print table we had Devin, who's also an artist and my best friend all the way from the Poconos. Kayla, she was also manning the print table. Then food, we had my parents, my rents, mm. um <laughs> Armando and Rosita Rodriguez were in charge of all the food and bev. Uh, situations which they really like that i think that that was a huge thing because as soon as like things we started planning and we had the venue i was like there's no way that there's not going to be dominican food there like i have to have like food that i would want to eat myself there (laughs) like it's not like i don't eat cubed cheese so um, I, I, I was going through so many, it's really hard to, um, find like snack food, like picadera, Dominican snack food sold. Like you can't just buy that at like how you would any other like, um, catering company. So I was on man, like random people's Instagrams, like less than 50 followers and like hitting up restaurants and no, everyone was like way overpriced like 300 400 just in like empanadas and so i would talk to my mom about it and she was like you know what me and your dad decided we're just gonna handle it for you so they bought a whole bunch of meat my dad was watching youtube tutorials on how to make keep it and like all this stuff my mom would it was like do you have charcuterie boards we can use because this has to look pretty and i was like okay i'll get them like don't worry <laughs> i literally went out and bought two giant beautiful charcuterie boards because i was still like have this them? Gonna... Yeah, yeah i do yeah, they were really nice <laughs> they were really nice and even a uh, shout out alondra our friend alondra gave us like three boards mm-hmm. to use and my parents came that morning with my best friend kayla and they were literally frying these empanadas and keep it fresh so that at the gallery they wouldn't be like weird and cold and but they were completely in charge of all the food which ran out and then uh yes it did i had none of it yeah me neither (laughs) i'm sure you didn't and people were and even my aunt she made like rice pudding like she came from jersey and like got these like amazon little cups with a mini spoon attached to it so yes everyone... yeah but is there anyone else from the team i'm missing 
Um, just Mallory Will, right? and Maggie oh, did yeah, yeah. the front door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and Will was there doing pudding stuff, right? Yeah, of course, the pudding guy. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. It's not a creatives without the pudding guy. Yeah, you can't you can't have creatives without the pudding guy. <laughs> um, yeah, your family were adorable, are adorable. Uh, I just remember the tone that they had, like coming into the space, and you could just tell how excited they were for you. Mm-hmm. Um, almost maybe even nervous for you, in yeah. like an adorable <laughs> parental kind of way that only a parent could be. Uh, but just getting to be, because I don't really have anything to do with these galleries. I'm just there, and Emily really runs the show, and I just, you know, if she needs help with how to hang something on a pole, uh, I can help with that. But for the most part, you know, I'm just kind of in the background. So I really get to just watch the space and be a support And what do you need? What can I grab? You need more tables? Let me go get that. But just watching your family coming in, helping them unload the cars, getting stuff in, getting them settled. You could just tell like there was just like a, okay, mm-hmm. we're ready. You know, mm-hmm. like they mm-hmm. were going in yeah. to invest in the gallery with you, um, which I think was really, really special to witness as a as a seer of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And I think that. Like I, I, I talk to my mom like three times a day at least. <laughs> um, She'll so probably she, call you two more times while we're on she, this podcast. They have they called. <laughs> yeah, they, I'm sure. Four missed calls right now. No, <laughs> literally I have two from my ha- my parents' house and then one from my mom. Um, but <laughs> so my mom is hearing like these names pop up and hearing like she – she doesn't have an under she didn't have an understanding at the time of how much work was being put into this but she knew how how much i trusted you guys she knew how much i cared about this thing um so i think she was re- in that moment that day she was really piecing together why i was up at 3 a.m painting <laughs> or whatever but it it was definitely a new perspective for them to see and witness and it was, it was yeah it was, it was good it was good. So let's let's go to doors open. All the setups done. Paintings have been hung since the day before. Your parents bring in all the food. Devin's on the table. Uh, your print table was gorgeous. I'll just say that. Shout out to Emily for doing a lot of the stuffing yeah, of every individual print. <laughs> and yeah. there were so many. How many prints did you have? Do you remember? I think I had somewhere like 125. 125. It, between all the sizes. Um, and I actually shout out Fireball Printing. They gave me extra because they messed up um, one of the uh, rounds of printing. So I had ordered just enough to have around 75. Oh, wow. And had way extra in all the sizes. Good. So, yay. Shout out to them, whoever they are. <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? Fire, fireball Printing. Fireball Printing. Fireball. <laughs> that's literally what I thought. Yeah, in my head, fireball. that's all I could hear is fireball. Um, but yeah, your print table was gorgeous. Devin's there. And I mean, was it kind of right around six o'clock? People started just yeah. showing yeah. up. Doors mm-hmm. open. People start rolling in. Angie is DJing. Jared's running sound, which for that event is a little bit less complicated than uh, all of our other events, right? Just, just turn on little. some channels and <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> Open up some microphone lines and uh, good luck, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people start rolling in. The food tables look amazing. People are nibbling on some stuff. 
Um, just talk about throughout that night, you know, like leading up to the interview section. We'll keep that separate. Talk about mm-hmm. that in a couple minutes. But just some of those people that are coming through to check out your art. Like, are there people that you recognize? Are there people that you don't recognize? Like, tell a little bit about what was going on. Who were some of the people coming through the doors that night? So it was kind of a mix of everything. There were, like, the people I absolutely knew were going to come from, like, church and my friends. But there was actually somebody, a couple people from my high school who I hadn't seen in, like, four, three or four years who rolled through. And I was, like, absolutely, like, taken aback. Um, some family. There's at least, like, ten family members there. Um, there's a whole reach group from my church. Shout out Pastora Wanda. I love you. They were like, we're canceling reach group. <laughs> no, literally like they, they, to all, go to this. so many ladies, so many beautiful ladies and they came to buy prints. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so many different types of people, but I, I'd say I, it was really 50, 50. Cause there wow. was a lot of people that. I had never met in my life. There's a couple people that I knew were creative regulars, but I've never spoken to them. Um, but yeah, I was, and I loved that, that like it wasn't a slow burning type of thing. Like doors open and there was people already in the crowd. And um, I really loved seeing everyone interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I felt like the space was so big there was seating and, and food and there's just a lot of opportunity for people to come together to talk about what they were witnessing and then continue to com- the conversation there. There's actually um, Devin who was manning the printing table with Kayla. She put up a flyer like I think maybe two days before at her school temple and somebody from temple came and visited and and she was like oh i've been trying to find a community like this for so long and it was just so many just sweet little instances instances of that of just strangers finding little connections yeah i i remember at marguerite show some of the older not older <laughs> that's so rude <laughs> some people who are maybe older than your generation emily and rosie <laughs> saying like this feels like it's for me mm-hmm. And a lot of those people came back to yours, even though they didn't have any context for who you were, but because they enjoyed the first gallery so much, they wanted to come back. And I felt like that happened um, in a really special way. Mm -hmm. And then you had people who would probably never in a million years go to a gallery, but perform at our open mics. Mm -hmm. They're like, nah, I'll check it out. And they came and they loved it. And some of them even walked away with, um, some of your stuff, right, mm-hmm. in terms of your prints and whatnot. Um, so I, I love that it's just a space that we've, you know, we've we've made the galleries completely free. Yeah. In part because we say, okay, we want as many people to come through because we don't really have a capacity mm-hmm. because it's three hours long. Somebody could come in, enjoy for 30 minutes and leave, but the majority of the people do stick around. Um, but we didn't really want to sell tickets to the galleries because we just want it to be something where people feel like the money that they want to spend is on you, the mm-hmm. artist, mm-hmm. not on getting to the space. Um, and so that's kind of always been our heart. And there was a lot of different people there. Yeah. You know, my favorite interaction of the night was with Rosie and Marguerite. Um, yeah. Because for me, it was such <laughs> like a wow, like this is this is real. This is something that like 
I've been able to continue to do and like look at these two amazing artists who like otherwise would never have met mm. like there's a beautiful picture of them hugging and it just like mm -hmm. makes me so happy because even talking to Marguerite after her gallery about all the ideas that Rosie had and the stuff we were working on, she was like, I'm so excited to see this and I can't wait to come and like witness it all. And even that night she was just so encouraging to me and like, it was just like the sweetest. I grabbed Santos and I was like, I need you to take a picture <laughs> of these two people right here, like yep. interacting just for me. <laughs> um, Did you get a picture of the three of you together? Two? No. Me and Rosie actually did not get a single picture together the, <laughs> the whole night. The only pictures we have together are literally from our interview. But like, same thing happened with Marguerite. Like I only have pictures of her with with the interview process. So and that's okay. But I was like, dang. The I commander should, has I should no keep time. that in mind. Lord like Commander. So. <laughs> Lord Commander. She's only focused on the task at hand. <laughs> True. It was so good. Um so then what we did at the first gallery and obviously brought it back for this one is Emily's heart for the interview, yeah. uh, heart, be heart behind the art. There we go. <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> and, uh, so about halfway through the event, the event's six to nine, right around seven thirty, we take a pause on people, you know, the music playing and people running around like crazy and people, you know, going and buying prints and interacting. And we say, okay, let's pause that. And come together and put a couple chairs on stage and give a couple microphones to Emily and the artist and have an interview. And so what were some of those questions that you asked? And then just talk about that, that whole experience. It's a great question. Um, I don't entirely remember the questions that I asked Rosie. I know one of them was like her background in, in creating. Um, and I know one of them was about like how the series came about mm -hmm. and like the the if people could walk away with one thing like what do you want them to to remember from this night but beyond that i do not entirely remember the other things that i asked or that we talked about i think it was only those three and then opened up for yeah. the audience to ask questions yes yeah, yeah. which we've had great success with that at the mm -hmm. galleries where mm -hmm. the audience like drives what you know we consider it would probably be like a 15 minute interview ends up being like <laughs> 30 to 40 minutes yeah. on stage because so many people have questions mm -hmm. and so many raw moments uh, come out of that i just remember you honoring your family yeah that you cried <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i and we had discussed because i was um i wasn't nervous about the interview but Emily was really good at preparing me for every aspect of the show. Um, so she... Lord Commander. Lord Commander. <laughs> so she had let me know, like, these are the questions I'm going to ask you. And then at the very end, um, I'm just going to open up the floor to you. So I'm going to be like, is there anything else you want to share? And then if you want to thank your family, if you want to... Whatever you want to say, whatever you want people to leave with, say it. And like, she emphasize like you know this this might be what people remember the most from the show and i didn't really think about it that much after that conversation um and then we're literally on the stage and <laughs> i was dry eyed that entire time like people were asking about specific paintings and i was like yeah well this means that and that means this and this is how i felt during this um, and then she's like, okay, is there anything you want to say? And I just, I literally, <laughs> I 
look at my parents. I look at my dad doing his dad thing, holding the phone horizontally, <laughs> taking a video of me. And it was over. Um, I, I literally, that reel that Ralph made, I just want to think my family. <laughs> um, yeah, like for real. And I, and I, in those moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't want to cry, but I'm going to cry. I just smile really hard. Like I just smile because I'm so nervous. So it almost looks like I'm not crying, but then you hear my voice and it's like, oh, she's sobbing right now. But, I just, yeah, I, there was no way I wasn't going to cry and there's no way I wasn't going to honor my family. Because I think that throughout this whole process, like I've always wanted to be an artist. Um, and I, it's a very, very known thing that sometimes immigrant parents don't always see eye to eye with those dreaming children of who want to be in the creative industry. And they were never that. So mm-hmm. and there was such a big help in all of this and making this happen yeah i cried it was beautiful the sweetest moments were at the end when music was on and you danced with your dad and you danced with your mom it was so sweet those pictures yeah i love this shout out dj ant because i sent him like five hour i I heard about this (laughs) i heard about this my b okay so like August. He's like, she doesn't really need a DJ considering she already picked her entire set list. So he's like, you do realize this is what I do, right? I literally, I was talking to Emily about the music and then I was like, wait, what if I just made a playlist of all the music I love ever, like in my life? So that's what it was based on before it was even a part of the reflective series. And then I had to edit it. Because I was like, wait, if I'm using this for the gallery, this is going to play out loud. Like, people are going to be listening to this from all walks of life, (laughs) including people from my church. So I should really edit this. So this is like, this goes with the flow and the vibe of the space. And I literally remember DMing Ant and being like, this is a playlist. Literally chop up as much as possible. Um here are these clips by the way and this is all probably three days before and i'm like maybe 24 hours maybe 24 hours maybe 24 hours before (laughs) i'm like hey here you go and i was so nervous but i every moment that because i was talking to a lot of people every moment that my ears got a chance to listen to what was playing i was like literally in cloud nine like like this is my vibe literally i was like this is the best like like, I would be in the middle of conversation and be like, oh, my gosh, wait, I love this song. Wait, it's because I picked it. Oh, my gosh, wait. But that time at the end, I I texted him and, and talked to him after the interview because I knew my family was going to be there. And at least my parents were going to say it the whole time. And I love dancing so much, especially dancing to bachata or merengue or salsa. So I was like, please play, like, at least three of the Spanish songs at the very, very end. And I didn't, my parents are shy. My parents are super shy people when, you know, when they're not in their own space, when they're not around the family. So it was like really, really special to me that 
I got to dance with them, especially my dad. My dad can get down, but he's super like standoffish. And they were kind of in my family was I knew exactly where my family was at all times because they were all sitting in this little corner with couches and my grandma just like looking around like, oh, look at all this. But they're pretty standoffish the whole night. So them dancing was like, oh, yay. It was super good. So fun. Super good. Um, any other things that stood out like that? Um, well, there was someone who came in, mm-hmm. um, and he came in just like off the street, didn't know what was going on, um, and wanted to talk to Rosie after he heard the interview, and was just like, "I like explain." Okay. Yep. I forgot this man's name. Oh, I think it was Nee. But maybe not. I think it was neat because I remember being like, that's a part of your body. Um, <laughs> Quality. <laughs> sure was an elbow. <laughs> um, so, I, again, I was talking to a lot of people during the entire night. But Devin came up to me maybe once or twice because there was this dude who bought a print. And he was like, he really, really, really wanted my autograph on the print. He really, really wanted it. And it was, I think it was after the interview or sometime in between um, us setting that up. And I never got to him. And then after the interview, like immediately after stepping down from the stage, he came up to me and he was like, listen, I really love what you said. I am an artist myself. I practice poetry, but I've never felt like empowered enough to to really claim that and talk to people about it so i really appreciate what you said um i just spent like all of the money i have on this print and this is all i have he gave me a wawa gift card he's like this is all i can give you to show you my appreciation this is all i can give you to show you my appreciation and i was literally like in awe and he was in a rush to leave so I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, I hope this blesses you. Like, thank you for even coming in here. Because he said he, he, he just stumbled upon the venue. But, yeah, I hope me as well, if that's his name. I'll remember his face forever, though. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him again. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I remember a couple people coming in off the street. Uh, people were struggling with homelessness and whatnot mm. because the event is free. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kind of a nature of like, it's warm, it's lit, there's bathrooms and it's open. So mm-hmm. people will kind of stumble in. And I think probably some people would be like, what is the, you know, what's the protocol and security around some of that stuff? But I just remember like grabbing people plates from your, from the food that your parents had made mm-hmm. And just being able to bless a couple of people with a couple of things. And they weren't willing to come in mm. and really like go look at the paintings or they're just, you know, trying to kind of stand in the corner. But it was still like hospitality was extended. Yeah. And I think the next time we might see them, I think one of them actually promised me. I was talking mm. to a guy on the street and um, he kind of just promised me like, I'll come to the next one mm. whenever you guys do this again. And I was like, that's we need to be that, yeah. you know, like our space shouldn't just be for the creative connoisseur right. or the 
fan of the art gallery or for the open micer, the concert artist, we should be a space for all people. Right. And who needs more encouragement than those who are struggling with homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. Like if anybody should be able to come in and look at art and be encouraged and be blessed by the paintings that they're getting to look at and the stories that are behind them, Mm -hmm. it should be people who never get that experience that are told at the door, no, you can't come in here. Um, So yeah, I just remember that being a convicting thing for me was like creatives needs to be a space for for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think... uh, yeah, part of that is the hospitality of you and obviously you as well, Emily, but like your family and everybody else, the warmth that came out of that space. Yeah. As people are leaving, people are leaving in high spirits to the point where somebody's sitting on the corner and thinks, I need to go see what that's about mm. because something's happening in that room um, that's like a magnet. It was a draw um, to people. You know, I, th- I thought that was really, really special. Yeah. I I think that like just encapsulates like my whole heart behind the gallery is to like create a space where art is accessible to all. Right. And like that is not something that exists beyond what I've seen with the gallery and I'm like so honored to be able to have that and and create that so people from wherever can come and enjoy the beauty that is art and encounter the Lord through that. Because like all of Rosie's pieces were like capturing so much more than this person's face. It's their story. It's their, it's their life. It's so much more than just their face. And with Marguerite's, like it was so much more than just like what was pictured with the kids. And like, it's just so beautiful how the Lord like works in those pieces without having to say a word. It's all just there already. Um, so I think those are the moments that are so encouraging to me because that accessibility is so important. That's good. Yeah. Yep. And you're creating accessibility for the artist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get to show. Yeah. Because I think that's what we heard from Marguerite was there's not enough of these spaces. Absolutely. In the city of Philadelphia for anybody to just be able to show. And Mm -hmm. I mean, this was like your first time showing a full. Yeah. So I had been, I've been featured in shows before, but there's sometimes a venue fee that you have to pay to even like apply to show. And then after you get accepted, then you have to pay again so that, you know, you can hold that space for yourself. But that like the amount of people that were shocked that like, no, I didn't have to put any, anything down to, to be able to do this. No, I just, I paid for my parents. Oh, no, no, the prints were, went straight to me. Nope. Yeah, like people were absolutely mind blown at the fact that you guys actually cared about supporting the artist and the people that were in the space. I mean, that's, you have to pay for it somehow. Yeah. You know, but how we do that is through the people who support us Mm -hmm. that believe in the mission of Ripe Creatives as a whole. Mm Mm-hmm you know, partnering with us so that we can put things together like the gallery. Because I think what Emily and I understand and recognize as staff of Ripe Creatives is like we are called to do ministry and missions through the arts. Mm. And I I actually don't know if there's a better space in anything that we do. I mean, obviously we do ministry all the time, but the gallery is so potent of a ministry context Mm -hmm. 
because you can't leave that place numb. Yeah. And I think you can come to an open mic and some people might like mess with your heart a little bit, but you could still walk away without being totally like transformed. Mm. I don't think the gallery, it's possible. <laughs> like if you come and you spend the time looking at all the paintings and especially the way you did it with the audio aspect of it, you're having the gospel presented to you like mm-hmm. 60 times mm-hmm. throughout the night to where you have to like make sense of who you are and what you believe about life. Are you living a purpose-filled life? Do you know who you are? You know what I mean? Like yeah. those questions are right in your face. Not in a, you should figure this out, but in a like invitational kind of yeah. way. Um that I think is worth the investment, right? It's okay. We know that Rosie's going to be the sharpened sword tonight to poke into some people's hearts that God's going to use. So how do we create a space for Rosie to be used? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's the partnership aspect of it. Like it's not just a platform for the sake of the platform. It is a platform with a life change, heart change, people wrestling with who they are and what they believe about God and art um, because of this experience tonight. Yeah. And there were like, I have to say that was, that was a big fear of mine with the interview process. Like, because everything is so Jesus filled, um, I was a little scared about my boldness. I, I didn't know if it was too much or too little. And Emily really, really really encouraged me in that sense to just speak what god put in my heart and like the dms afterwards and just like the the continued even some of the people i i interviewed and painted were so baffled at the fact that they were chosen um and like one of my old youth leaders was one of the paintings andreina shout out andreina and when I was asking her these questions, like, who are you? How does God use you? How are you a light? Um, how do you want to encourage others? We were like, I was in these, like, I think I did hers for four hours. She was literally baffled at the fact that I was asking her these questions and would call me after like, do you think, do, do you think that I worded that correctly? Like, are you sure you want to keep that? <laughs> like, literally the day before the show she was like can we redo this part i was like no it's perfect no don't worry about <laughs> ain't it ain't changing a thing yeah but um yeah there was a lot of i i think that it was the most purpose-filled like event that i've ever been a part of in my life and that was the first time i showed a series that was the first time i sold prints uh the first time i was interviewed you needed convincing <laughs> to yeah. sell anything yeah that was a yeah. big, uh, I, I remember that for even like months leading up to the gallery and mm-hmm. like, was like, I don't know if she's going to be able to sell any of the originals because she's not comfortable letting stuff go. And I was like, well, I think, I think we <laughs> probably, <laughs> we probably need to be the advocacy for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like even if it is just prints and listing a few of the originals as available, Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, you decided to price some of them high enough to where you were trying to deter people from buying them. Um, but to kind of get you to the point where you're starting to like allow your art to end up in somebody's hand. Yeah. 
in exchange for resources that supports you as an artist and supports your ability to create the next round, mm-hmm. right? If you are funded through what you sell, now you can go buy the next set of canvases, the next set of paints, the next amount of wood that you need to create the frames, right? Like you, it doesn't have to be for just selfish financial gain, right? Mm. It's, it's stewardship of resource. You're taking your five talents and turning it into 50, Mm. you know, and then you're taking your 50 and you're turning it into 500. Um, the support the night of the event for your prints, I thought was pretty stinking awesome. Mm -hmm. How did that feel from your end? So, um, I was really nervous about the prints because I'd never done them before and I didn't know how high or low to price them. And I ended up going a little higher than I was comfortable. Um, and it worked out perfectly. There's always a crowd of people by the print table and Devin and Kayla handled that so well with everything. Like it was literally, I had my phone over there, give them the cash app. And I was like, here you go, do what you need to do. Um, and I actually had to come up with $1,500 a month after for a missions trip. And if not for the actual show, I would not have come up with the money. So it was just just a a huge sign to me that, like, this is okay. It's okay. It's – there is going to be an audience for this stuff. Like – Yes. There's – it's not a matter of will they sell, but when. It's not – I don't have to price things low for people to buy them. Um, but it, it really blessed me and it, it blessed me that you guys believed in me to do that. But it worked out perfectly. And I I have never seen so many people like holding my art. And like all the, it was beautiful because Devin does this. She's an artist. She sells prints as well. But she took a picture of every single person who bought a print like holding their little print. And so looking at my camera roll and seeing like all these faces, some people I don't even know, um, holding my art was super special to me. That's awesome. Shout out to Devin for that. She's the best. I I would just say, Rosie, like you never have to be surprised by people supporting your art. Like you were so stinking talented and we weren't surprised. Emily and I were not surprised at all the night of the event as you were seeing the success of people purchasing the prints and taking them home, you know, saying yes to wanting to take a part of your story and your gifting with them. To us, that wasn't a surprise at all. Um, Even all the way back to the night of Headwater where there's 50 people who have done something on this like giant sheet of white paper and you're stuck out like a sore thumb in the best way possible because it was just like you were so gifted to do this in the same way that Emily's gifted to sing, right, and lead worship and invest in little kiddos and all that kind of stuff. Like she's so superb at that stuff. Your visual artist gift is so, it's so palpable and you're only going to get better and better as you continue to do it. Um, And I think we felt that the night of your event a ton is like this is just the beginning for you. You're still super young and you're like only going to continue to progress um, over time. And so I I can't wait to hear you hear about your future galleries with us or with others, right? 
and the future around the city and the ways that your art is going to make an impact um, on the city of Philadelphia and beyond. Like to us, it wasn't a surprise at all. It wasn't just like, oh, Rosie's cool and she's our friend. Let's do a gallery with her. You are, you are extremely talented. And we wanted to make sure that your art had a platform to be displayed. Um, certainly wasn't a mistake to have you have you do it. Um, any final thoughts just in terms of the gallery from either of your ends? It was amazing. I can't wait to help Emily um, with the next one. I love Creatives Gallery so much. Um, I really think that this ignited something in me to just share what I'm creating because I didn't have that before, especially with, I think, seeing how much the portraits in the beginning of all this and even the first one with the auction blessed somebody else by having it in their own possession um, really caused me to understand that this is not just for me to hold like this I wasn't given this gift so that I can make nice things and keep them in my living room. It's so that I can share them with others and with things like worship fest and the night of worship with city reach. Like I'm able to practice that and continue. So thanks guys. We love you. We love you very much. I say we as in me and the Holy spirit. (laughs) Amen. And we love you, Lord commander. And we love you, Lord Commander Emily. I don't like this nickname. <laughs> I think it's kind of perfect. Just to Commander. make that clear. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the same way of affirming Rosie, um, awesome, awesome job on the galleries, both of them. Um, and it's just the beginning. You know, I think what was cool was March was a lot of work. And you were like, if we do this again. <laughs> and then the success of the night and the beauty of the night, you are like, we have to do it again. And... <laughs> Now, after doing two of them, I think you feel more solidified in this being a part of your calling to create this platform of Creatives Gallery for more and more artists. There's a sustainability issue, right? You can't mm-hmm. do them every week because they are a ton of work. Yep. Um, but as frequently as we can in the future, uh, Creatives Galleries now, you know, 33% of what we're doing as creatives, right? Yeah. It's not just something we're trying out. Mm-hmm. Um, the success of both of these galleries, I think, is is put it right to the forefront as it's a huge part of what Creatives Philly as a platform is yeah. and subsequently what Ripe Creatives is about as well. Um, even the Canada trip and the story with Annika in mm-hmm. so many ways is tethered to this entire gallery story. And so, yeah. Just it's amazing to see how God is putting the visual artist thing into the ripe yeah. story in a mm-hmm. deep way. And Rosie, um, like you're obviously now even serving with the worship team in certain mm-hmm. spaces and mm-hmm. you know, to see you not go from being an artist that we booked for an event to now being a part of the ripe community and the ripe team. Mm-hmm. Uh you've also helped Emily with some of the family nights and all that kind of stuff and so Shout out Taco Night. It's just a a joy to have you being a part of this community. Um, Jojo, we love you as well. Jarrett, as always, thank you for being here. Top Mop Productions, making this podcast episode happen. Um, For those of you that are here listening, audience, if you want to support us, support Ripe Creatives, support Emily and all of her endeavors with Creatives Galleries, you can jump on our website, ripecreatives.com. Click the Give button and find ways to support um, 
all of your resources that you give help us do things like the Creatives Gallery. As we talk about supporting an artist and not charging them for the platform, but sewing into them so that they can have a platform. That's that's possible because of other people's generosity to help us cover the costs for events like Creatives Gallery and everything else that we do. So we would appreciate you considering partnering with us so that we can do more and more galleries in the future. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Thank you guys for being on this episode. Emily, I'm sure we will have you back <laughs> soon and very soon. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, Rosie, who knows? Maybe we got to get you get you on a couple more events here in the very near future so we can keep bringing you back to the microphone. You did a great job. Thank you. I'm always down. Fantastic. We love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, until next time, stay right. Stay right. Oh, we can.